Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Hello, I'm so glad today to introduce you to my longtime friend, John Pugler. John and Nooney came to our church years ago. What year was that, John, when you first came to work for the radio station? Oh, it was uh, 1994. Oh, before many people were born. Yes, that's right. It was, you know, in the last uh, millennium. And yeah, uh, so. right. <laughs> and we were so delighted because John and Nooney have such sparkling personalities. And maybe you don't want to be known as a sparkling personality, John, but the fact is you love God and you're so talented and you both have such great radio voices. And that radio station was right downtown in the little town of San Luis Obispo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great memories getting that thing launched. And yeah, you talk about giving birth to babies. Well, there's nothing like giving birth to a radio station. We've done that a few times and then wow. it's new every single time. It's, oh, it's fantastic. But, ha- but I'm glad you said it was fantastic. It's so hard every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is hard up until that moment of childbirth. And then, oh, oh yeah. And then I you know, forget. Right? <laughs> yeah. How would you know? I'm sure Nini has let you know. Uh, John, tell us, uh, well, I want to say a little bit about you first, that you're an author of nine books. Is that right? Nine, mm-hmm. yeah. nine books. You run a ministry called Fresh Faith 24-7, which sounds yes. terrific. You run a community group, uh, a membership community group, which we'll describe in a little bit. Uh, you work for Trans World Radio, which is a missionary organization. And I want you to describe each of these things briefly. And then we're going to talk about, oh, and Fresh Bread Live. Is that a podcast? Fresh Bread yeah, Live? It's, it's uh, Fresh Bread Live is what our, our members partake in every uh, every week, twice a week. It's a live devotion early in the morning as we get started. Yeah. Oh, so part, uh, when you say members, membership group only gets that. Right, right. Ah, okay. It's not on a worldwide radio. Okay. And I've got a, a devotional people can subscribe to that goes out three times a week that's called Fresh Bread. So. Oh, and I like the word that you say partake because when you talk about bread, you talk about partaking. I know. I, I, I use that word that's it's like, where did that? I said that and going, what did, where I, did, did that come from? Partake? It's like, oh are my you gosh. A, are you a We're baker? back in 1995. <laughs> uh, tell me though, also, you're a podcaster. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Fresh Faith in Real Life. Mm, okay. Well, we're going to get into why you named all these things. But first, tell us a little bit about your family and uh, where you live and what you're doing now. Sure. Well, uh, as you said, we met in California, a little town of San Luis Obispo, but now we're in North Carolina. Mm. Uh, my wife and I have uh, three grown children and nine grandchildren that are wow. spread around the country. And it makes it uh, interesting trying to see them all and visit. But uh, we're in uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina now, which uh, is the home of uh, Trans World Radio, which is uh, where I serve in ministry. And what do you do for the Trans World Radio? I head up our programming, so content director. Uh, we're a, a global uh, radio ministry, been around for over 60 years, and all our work takes place, most all of it, outside the U.S. We broadcast into 190 countries, over 300 languages of gospel content, um, covers a population area of 4.2 billion people. So we're, we're, we're on the air all throughout the world, getting the uh, the message of Christ out there and discipling believers through mm. the word of God. How do you do it with different languages? Uh, we take programs and translate them, oh. uh, produce them and broadcast them. So for instance, you know, that, that old show through the Bible with Jay yes. McGee. Yes. My, my uh, husband <laughs> used to listen to it on the way to work still. Well, we've got 
they're in 130 languages now. Wow. And Jay Vernum is, is gone, but we translated into 130 languages. And there's a Jay Vernum McGee in each one of those languages. And the ministry is phenomenal. So we partner with them and broadcast their content, as well as a number of other uh, pastors and teachers you've heard of that uh, uh, that we take, like Tony Evans and, and others, John MacArthur, others that uh, were getting the word out through their teaching. And we translate it, produce it, and put it on the air. That is a ton of work. How, yeah. long, how long have you done that? Well, it's, uh, it's over 60 years now that Transworld Radio TWR has been in existence. And we have teams of producers in, in these countries that um, are full-time working on the translation and wow. production of new programs hmm. that uh, keep coming up. And they're so faithful that they do that. So radio has been a lot around a lot longer than podcasting. How would you relate the two? Man, um, I'll tell you, it's all about communication. Hmm. And it doesn't, you know, they say content is king. I, we know Jesus is king. So yes. uh, the content is, is king with a small K. And it, it, we get so wrapped up in these new platforms. Oh, podcasting. And oh, we got, uh, you know, video. And we, oh, we've got this, that, and the other thing. Well, if the content is, is compelling, people are going to turn off your content, no matter what they're listening to or what they're watching. They're going to turn off matter. or turn on. They're going to turn it off if it's not any good. Oh, if it's not any good. Okay. So if it's good, they stay yeah. with you. If it's yeah. not, they won't. And it doesn't really matter what platform. Mm -hmm. And as you've probably uh, learned through your podcasting, well, a lot of it is similar to radio really is. And, mm -hmm. and so it's a, uh, it's a matter of being compelling, being interesting. I was listening I binge listened your podcast in preparation for the interview. I feel Bless like you. we've been talking with each other for hours and hours. And it's <laughs> the guests you have on are so interesting. Well, you I said, included. I better, I better be interesting. Uh, <laughs> I am not worried. <laughs> so that's what makes it. You ask such great questions and interact and engage with your guests. And they're sharing their heart and soul of what the Lord has done in their lives and their legacy that's interesting. That's compelling. And that's mm -hmm. why people listen to podcasts like yours. Well, stories are so important. As you know, Jesus knew that. I just uh, read, finished a book this morning, The Habit of Faith. And throughout the book, John, I mean, Jen Pollock, Michelle, I've mentioned this book before. She has stories of people coming to Christ and every single story is so different, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where we go, oh, well, I could, I could fit into that. I could follow Christ too, because I'm similar to that person. And it's not like every chapter had a story, but I just said, you know, this is what draws people to Jesus because he says, come one, come all. Mm -hmm. And uh, we come in a different speed, you know, a different way. And we keep praying for those who haven't come yet. Uh, John, uh, what keeps your faith fresh? Since that's the name of your ministry, Fresh Faith. Actually, it took me a while to figure out you said 247, but of course it's 24-7. Yes. So how do you keep your faith fresh? Man, it all comes back to the time we spend with God. Uh, I come from a background of very much, I'm, I'm uh, an athlete, former athlete, use the word former in there. <laughs> and I grew up playing sports, football, basketball, baseball, especially baseball. And when you're performing, you're, you're judged on how well you perform. You win, you lose, you strike a guy out, you don't, you strike out, you get a hit, that type of thing. And, and so you know where you stand. And that whole performance mentality really carried through into my walk with Christ. I became a believer. We're saved by grace, 
but why don't we live by grace? We, we live by performance so often. And I found myself doing that. It, it just worked its way over into my faith in what, walk. In what, in what way? Give me some samples because I'm sure this uh, resonates with a lot of people. Sure. Well, for instance, so I, I came to Christ. I went forward at the age of 16 in a small church on a upstate New York on a cold January night and a college football coach was speaking. I thought he was going to talk about football, but he talked about how to be born again. Oh. I just found out the other day he was he was known when he was alive as Coach Born Again. And I can see why, because that's what he <laughs> talked about. I mean, that's what he talked about there. Were you disappointed and, not to hear about football? <laughs> I, 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 my mind just switched to that. I was oh, compelled wow. to go forward. It was, Praise God. It was like I was the guy. I was the kid in the, in the back row, literally. And oh. when he had the altar call, and I'm an introvert, I went forward. Hmm. Well, they took me into the back room afterwards, the pastors that were following up. And they said, um, if there's one thing you, you do in your new life here, if you were boarding in life, is you read this book five minutes a day. And they held up the Bible. And I think they may have given me a Bible too. Well, hmm. And that is the best advice you can give somebody. But for me, it was kind of the worst advice. Because what I that? heard was, okay, living the Christian life is reading your Bible five minutes a day. That's how you do it. And for me, that became more of a performance. Now I say that with also the words that if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't be in the game th these days mm -hmm. because it kept me in the game, so to mm -hmm. speak. The word of God didn't return void, but my treatment of the word of God was what it was all about. And my, my theme verse was um, be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's a great verse. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that to be their verse? But when it consumes you, it becomes the first thing before Christ. That is not good. And, and to me, that's happened. I've been in Christian service for years, uh, serving at church, serving at ministries, starting Christian radio stations. And for years and years and years, decades, I really equated my service for the Lord to my relationship with him. And they mm -hmm. were not related. And I found myself ups and downs and anger problems and things that... My Christian life was not, I knew I was missing something, but I didn't know what, hmm. and I was missing that relationship. So when I think about performance and relationship, boy, that they're, they're two different things. And I had equated my service for Christ, my obedience to Christ, to my relationship with Christ, but there was a gap. I have so many questions. Uh, one is what woke you up to that fact that that's what you were doing? <laughs> Um, I read a book. <laughs> oh, good. More yeah, than five so minutes. I'll recommend the book. It's on my website. It's like, this is the book. A friend of mine gave me this book and he said, John, I think you'd like this. Uh, and so I'm, you know, a year later, I was the one buying the book and handing it out to people. It's called With by Sky Chitani. Uh, and Sky talks about um, the ways that we relate to God. Uh, and we relate to God in, in five ways. Four of them are, are not the right way. One is over God. Another way is under God. Another way is uh, from God. And my way I was relating to God was for God. Mm -hmm. And I performance I, for yeah, God. opted mm -hmm. to do things for God. And mm -hmm. that's, that was how, what my relationship but was. But aren't we taught we are all to do everything we do every day is for God's glory for yes, God's glory. Exactly. And, uh, and the fifth thing is, and I, I'll get to that. The, the mm -hmm. way he said, we really need to relate to God is with God. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we're supposed to, um, yeah, do things for God and to his glory. But when that becomes 
first. It's the cart before the horse. And that's the way it was for me. It was like, oh, I get that. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing all these things for God, but why isn't my relationship with God, uh, you know, rich and satisfying and steady and intimate? Uh, because I'm not relating to God. I don't have my relationship with God isn't the first thing. Wow. And so he goes through the book in detail stories and, and explains these in, in more, uh, in more depth and then walks us through some exercises we can do to begin to cultivate that relationship with God and to go deeper. How old were you? May I ask when you read that book? It was, uh, just about probably eight years ago. Wow, it was recently. Pretty... So did you feel like you had to repent of all your previous years of serving God? No, but I had to, uh, there were things I had to repent for. <laughs> yes. Well, we all do, <laughs> you know, in the way it's the way we serve, you know, it's oh, not yeah. the outward as much as the inward. What is our motivation? What is our heart? What is, uh, our, our service for the Lord should be an outflow of our relationship with him. Mm. Uh, I grew up in, um, in college and in serving with, a a ministry that was so good at teaching us how to share our faith. And I would share my faith, but it wouldn't be out of an overflow of my relationship with Christ. It would be out of, okay, I've got to do it. But Mm -hmm. there's so many good things we can do and we miss out on Jesus. Sometimes we overshoot Jesus when we're doing all these things for Jesus. How how do we do that? What do you mean overshoot? Well, we just, we just, maybe we just miss Jesus in all the process. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I grew up in an era where, all the how-to books in the Christian life, the five steps to a great marriage, the right. um, se- seven ways to effectively share your faith. You've got all these, all these things, how to raise your children the right way. And there's, there's always five steps or six steps or seven steps. It was always do this, do this, do this. And, and that was the way it was in that era of, mm-hmm. I guess, the 80s. I wonder why, I, because I, and then I would feel guilty if I didn't finish reading the book or, if my kids didn't turn out the way the book said I should, that means I did something wrong. And you can, as a mother, you can carry that guilt for your whole mm. life. Mm. Yeah. Or uh, that someone didn't get saved when you shared the gospel, you know? So we, yeah. it's performance, but it's also results driven. Like right. if we do this, then this will happen. Same with podcasting. If I keep doing it, people will get saved or I'll have a thousand do- downloads a day or whatever it is we're looking at. So to overshoot Christ, <laughs> sounds kind of funny, but <laughs> I see what you mean because you're a play, a baseball player. I'm not, but I do. And I got over- the hat on to prove it, right? Yeah. My baseball. Yes. I got my L- Dodger L- hat on. And L- uh, yeah, Dodger blue. Yes. Um, yeah, I can, I understand that. That is so, uh, it's so refreshing. And weren't you just so relieved to let go of it? Wasn't that a huge burden? It was, but you know, it's a process because mm. what, 40 years or more that I did it this way. It's like, it's not like, oh, the light went on and I'm totally changed 90 degrees, 180 <laughs> degrees and I'm going the right direction. No, it creeps up on me all the time. And I mm. have to, I have to go back to basics. I have to, that's why I say spending time with God. It, that sounds so trite, doesn't it? Oh, you it does. I God. was going to challenge you on that, but, but it's that's true. It. And, and I think that, um, we can, we can use it as, well, I've spent time with God. So check that off this morning. (laughs) So even spending time with God can, if you're a performance person and those who are can go, yeah, I get that. I get that. Those who aren't performance people going, I don't know. I don't understand these people. Well, Um, I, what I like to say, cause I, I speak on this kind of thing too, is, and I've had to learn it too, John, you're not alone is that um, I don't worship the habit 
but habits help me worship. Mm. If I'm not there to begin with, if I'm not in my, what I like to call my quiet time space every morning and morning works best for me, not early morning, like my husband, but early, but morning before I'm dressed, um, that, uh, that's, if I'm not there, how can I even show up for God and God show up for me if I'm not quieted? And it's difficult if I'm speaking now to uh, parents of young children, it's hard to find that spot. That's one reason when the kids weren't in the car, I didn't play music. I'm sorry about that. I know you play music all the time, but I needed time to think and my and relate with God and worship can help me do that singing, of course, but um, I need to show up in that space. Another thing is my, my little sister told me years ago, well, I'm spending five minutes a day in the word. And I looked at her and I actually said five minutes, like that's not very much. And she's my little sister and she's a pastor's wife, but she said this when she was in college. And I said it when I was a little bit out of college and I thought only five, I said, I didn't think only five minutes, Lori. She said, I find that when I make it five minutes, then I do it. See, there's a value of a small goal because you feel better that you, that you do it. And you usually stay longer than five. And the other thing I heard a speaker say, ministry is spillage. So isn't that what you're trying to oh, say? Oh, yes. Ministry is spillage. That's great. Are you going to tweet yeah. that after we're done here? Oh, uh, well, I will, except <laughs> I never tweet. But yeah, and it wasn't me. I can't remember. I heard a speaker at Mount Hermon say it. And, oh, that's great. And I think his name is David Anderson. I don't even know if he's still alive. That was a long time ago. But he said that, and I have never forgotten it because I speak on pouring tea, you know, hospitality, mm. and we get bumped. You know, we get bumped when our kids make decisions we wish they wouldn't. We get bumped if our health fails. We get bumped if we don't make it, the results don't come. So when you get bumped, we want, when I get bumped, I want Jesus to spill out mm. himself. That is really good. That's himself, good. not my, not by, oh, I checked it off. But it is so easy. How do those of us say, I think some people have a propensity, a personality type towards um, making lists and getting it done. For those of us who are that way, what would you say to them? What was some good advice? Well, I, I like making lists because it gets it out of, on paper and out of my head. So that's me good. too. Um, but uh, so can we still serve Christ? Yes. And we should serve Christ. Um, but if we're, if we're not, this whole thing of knowing Jesus, that's what really got me. And that's really where I am today. And uh, I, I have it taped right up here, Philippians 3.8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And when I read that verse, it goes right to my heart. And the, you got to understand, Paul wrote that, Mr. Service himself. Right. Paul was a servant who who did this, did that, did everything. The guy, you know, he he gave his life doing things, serving the Lord. And he wanted to see his entire known world come to Christ. He was Mr. Great Commission. And yet he said that knowing Christ was his goal. Two verses later, he says, I want to know Christ. If we didn't get it the first time, he says, I want to know Christ. And I'd say, Paul, how can you say that? You, you know Christ. Of course you know Christ. I mean, how could you do what you did without knowing Christ? Why do you say you have to know Christ? And he, knowing Christ is, it, it, it's a lifelong experience. There's a depth to it. And I, um, my desire in life, my goal is to help a mil million believers know the Christ of the cross. And I say the Christ of the cross, not the Christ on the cross. 
because the Christ on the cross is a moment in time, and the cross is so important, that's central in, in knowing Jesus. But we don't stop there, but the Christ of the cross was eternal, no beginning and no end. And that's the mm-hmm. Jesus I want to know. I want, I want to know this Jesus eternal, which means, wow, that's going to take me forever. And it's a discovery process. And if we would make knowing Christ a discovery process, we'll get lost in that. And that's what I desire to permeate my heart. And that's what I believe is people allow that to permeate their heart. And it takes time. Then, wow, everything, oh, um, every, everything else will flow out of there. I, I say that um, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And I, I have seven statements about, about my life. I call it my statement of faith. And that's my first one. And when I read that, I, um, I can breathe and I relax because if I, my relationship with God is first, everything cascades from there. Mm-hmm. So I can simplify things because you get in today's where you have this to do and that to do and things going wrong and this responsibility. And I say, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And literally I, I breathe and I feel better because I'm not responsible for the rest of those things before I am responsible for my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And um, so you ask how I, how, how I live fresh faith. I guess those are the things that help me live fresh faith. Is there a trigger that helps you get back on track when you've been performance relating rather than relating and then serving? I find that um, a retreat with God has to be part of my life. And so Mm -hmm. I do that every month. Um, I have a friend who taught me how to do that. He spends a day with God once a month. I tried it. I can't last that long. Sorry. I do half days. (laughs) I do half days with the Lord. (laughs) And um, so we get together right behind me here on that couch. I sit there and sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I journal. Um, Sometimes I take one verse that God really has for me. And I read that other times I just sit quietly and pray. I praise the Lord. Sometimes I listen to audio Bible. One day I said, okay, Jesus, Um, you know, we're friends here. And I just want to take you to places I go. And this was in Colorado when we lived there at the time. So I got on my bike and I said, Jesus, here's, here's the trail I like to ride on. And we mm, rode together it. and I talked to him. And then I said, you know, there's a favorite restaurant I like to go to and have my, my Diet Coke. And so let's go there. And so we sat at the table and we had Diet Coke together. And then I just did a day with Jesus. So it's a, it's a half day with the Lord that has no rules. Mm. And being quiet before God and allowing him to speak. Journaling is so good. I I figure things out as I journal. God helps me um, hear his voice better that way. Me too. So that, that really is, that's what centers me. If I, if I don't do that, I really dry up and I start to slowly change directions. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, I'm into that performance space again. Yeah. Especially because you are a full-time missionary, you know, and that has a certain I don't know. I've been a full-time missionary before and people expect certain things or we expect certain things from ourselves. You know, people are giving their tithe to help Mm -hmm. me to be able to eat and pay my rent. And, um, and we shouldn't be thinking we're any different from any other servant of Christ. It just happens to be our role for now. Um, I, I was reminded of this quote by um, John Ortberg, where he says, God relentlessly pursues us because all he's ever wanted is to be with us. And uh, if I can think about the fact that God wants me 
then I respond. We're responders, John. We're not just, you know, Jesus said, you're no longer, do I call you servants? I call you friends. Mm. And uh, another author I read recently said, well, the most important thing about Moses was that he was a friend of God. And I think of him as being a great leader and, you know, doing the 10 commandments and getting mad and being great. But the most important thing about him is that God thought of him so much as a friend that he let him kind of see him or pass by. Mm. And I thought that's intimacy that I don't have yet. Yeah, I can. I understand that. I mean, you know, we're on the road there, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Um, And when I think of um, the relationship with God, there's two verses that come to mind. And one is um, where it talks about uh, love the Lord, your God, well, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so that's loving God. And then as far as God loving us is John three 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and so it's the giving and that's, those are basic. It's like, okay, well, that is, I'm supposed to just love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, but it's not one way you talk about two way and it's Jesus has already shown his love toward me. He did that. And and that's where the relationship comes. Hmm. So great. So great. Uh, You know, my legacy, uh, my legacy, my uh, podcast is on legacy and I can hear in what you're saying and in your voice, what your legacy is, but could you just say, what is the legacy you want to, uh, those who know and love you to know about you? Hmm. I guess if, uh, you know, my epitaph, I guess, is that what you're saying? What would your epitaph be, John? No, but that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> oh. uh, my my kids would say, well, she loved brownies. That's what would be on, <laughs> that would be on her. <laughs> I guess mine would be he knew Christ. And I want my legacy to be that, as I said, I, I want to help other believers, a million believers know the Christ of the cross. As we talk today, I really hope that those who are listening now get serious about that and say, ah, that's, I really want to know Jesus. I, I want to discover what this knowing is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's it. I mean, it's, I've written some devotionals and at the end of each one, there's not a, okay, now go, it doesn't say go do this. And then next day, now go do that. You could be go crazy after 30 days. Like, Oh no, who am I? I'm supposed to do all these things all comes back to Jesus all comes back to God and that relationship. And I'm really careful when I communicate that it goes there and it's, it's not, and I love the great commission. I am a great commission guy and you too, you you are uh, reaching the world for Christ, but um, man, we need to know Christ and we need to reach the world for Christ. Paul had both. Jesus had both. He, he came to earth to reconcile us to God, to the Father. Yeah, and, and as part of the Great Commission, the only way that I could even think of doing it is in the same sentence he says, and I will be with you, which mm-hmm. is what you were saying in the book with, that we are yeah. with Christ. We are part, uh, someone said they are partner, partnering with God to change lives with his glory mm-hmm. in mind and his people loved by him through me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I wake up every morning and say, hey, Lord, can I, Help me to love you better and know you better. And then may that spill over to whoever walks by. I mean, truly, during the COVID, I didn't have a lot of people inside. So I'd sit on the front porch because I live in California. I can do that. And uh, it was interesting who God would bring by. Really? And God would, uh, yeah. And it it continues to startle me who I meet with for Bible study (laughs) because I would have never picked them out. Let me tell you. But God has those million people picked out for you, John. Hmm. 
And so I just want to um, affirm you to keep up this beautiful, beautiful legacy that you are building. Any particular obstacles that you haven't mentioned that keeps you or challenges that you had to overcome to live this kind of legacy of knowing Christ and helping others know him? Well, I, I think it's a daily battle because we can get caught up in in those results uh, and when things don't go right. Yes. So uh, and, we f- and we fall. I mean, we sin. And then we mm-hmm. beat ourselves up because, oh, that's right. I'm telling everybody they need to know Christ. And I just blew up at my wife or, you know, I just am, am not forgiving or there's something that we just, we mess up, mm-hmm. we sin and we go, I'm not worthy of this. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's a matter of coming back and remembering that we live by grace and Jesus has forgiven us and, and we're to continue on that path of knowing, knowing Christ and being vulnerable to him. He already knows us hmm. better yeah. than we do. Yeah. I like to say he knows me and loves me anyway. Yeah. Not yeah. because of how he knows me. It's because he loves me in spite of actually, I, I hate, I shouldn't say hate. I don't like being convicted of my sin because it's embarrassing. Oh, brother, I blew it again. Like you, what you were just saying. Yeah. But once I get over myself and bring it to God, there is no shame in my repentance. It's the best thing in the world. Cause mm. I crawl up onto his lap and go, he hasn't, he doesn't love me any less, but it's to my disadvantage. The longer I stay away from him because I feel too ashamed to go to mm. him. And I think that's what rules can do. They keep you from coming back. And that's what Satan wants. He goes, Oh, goody. She's not praying today because she feels so bad about her sin. We are to feel convicted and repent, but not stay in shame. I think shame's of the devil actually. Mm, you're right. You're right. So, that is, that's a key there. Yeah. So um, when I talk about living a life that embodies God's welcome, I'm not only speaking of having people over to your house. How do you feel like your life embodies the welcoming heart of God? I'm uh, I'm kind of an encourager. <laughs> you know, um, I'm optimistic. <laughs> and I guess that's, that's one thing about me. I always, I'm not I'm a pioneer, so I'm not afraid to, to try things mm. and I'm optimistic and I try to encourage other people in that way. So I think by being um, someone who really does um, encourage others to be there to, um, so that, I mean, encouragement can change a whole room of people, not what do just you mean? one-on-one, what do you but mean? you can... By the the way you speak and the the joy that you have in your heart and the encouragement and the words you say to other people, just the smile can change one people, one person, or change a whole room of people. So I think for for me, I would say uh, to be an encourager, to be an encourager, and, and just optimistic. I I have a ability to just if something fails, just move forward and go on to the next thing. Now mm-hmm. that's that's good. But the bad thing is I don't remember some things I should remember. What do you mean? I, I don't celebrate the good things that happen as much as I should, but mm-hmm. I leave the bad things behind to move, move ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the strength and the weakness all together, yes. but I'm a forward thinking person. And so I try to encourage people along those, those ways and, mm-hmm. and build them up. So I don't know if that answers your question. But- no, I think it is because when you're a positive person, you're attractive. And that's what hospitality is, is attracting people to Jesus. You know, he invited the world. We just get to pass along his, his invitation. That's all life is. 
And that's what you do daily on the radio and in your ministry. Tell us a little bit about what people would get if they join your membership. I think it's $30 a month. What kind of, what, what do you talk about in your membership community? Well, one of the things is the content that we have, and that's really key. I've got um, what I call the, the freedom path training. It's mm. uh, 28 sessions. It's a video training that I did to help people overcome the things that are uh, obstacles I call in their relationship of intimacy with Christ for, hmm. for knowing Christ. Okay. Uh, I, and I take them through this process of stone clearing. First, you have to identify why is it that I'm missing something in my relationship with Jesus? Hmm. There's something missing and why? Well, we try to identify that obstacle and work through it. And there's, um, I personally believe that there's, uh, there's three areas that three big obstacles get in the way. One is uh, performance. And we've talked about that. And the solution is, is knowing Christ and putting him first. Second is unconfessed sin. That can be an obstacle. We've got to deal with that. Or the third area is pain. Mm-hmm. Something that um, either someone or something or something happened that has brought pain in our life. And we, it's that obstacle that keeps us from what our relationship with Jesus could be. And mm-hmm. so much pain. So whether it be performance or unconfessed sin or pain, those, those three areas but we walk through that and deal with that in, in, the, in the training. I've got uh, video devotionals in there, about seven or eight minutes. Where, uh, and then at the end, I lead you through um, three things in that uh, that helps you apply that and, and go deeper with it. So we've got that uh, resource library. I've got a playbook that goes with the uh, Freedom Path training. We've got the community, Facebook community that we uh, engage with and every Monday and Thursday morning, I show up there live and do a seven minute devotional. So I guess you could call it seven at seven, but I call it fresh bread. Everything's the bread. I love it. So that you got, a, that, got this bread theme. Um, <laughs> Which so I do love. That. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to show up because it's 4 a.m. where you are, but it's, yes. but it's there. You can have it on demand. And most people like it that way. Anyway. Is it only for men? And, no, men no, no. Who, and men who play sports. <laughs> no, it's not. No, okay. it's for everybody. And, uh, so, uh, and is we, it called, and how do we find you, John? Uh, freshfaith247.com. Mm, .com, okay. And if you want to uh, subscribe to the uh, email devotional that I send out uh, three times a week, you'll wake up and it'll be there for you. It's believe it or not, it's called fresh bread for fresh faith. Believe I it or look, not. I do believe it. I am so I'm gonna sign up right now. I'm salivating. I so, made I made homemade plum jam, so it'll go right on that fresh bread. Mm, um, I like that. One more thing. You have graciously offered to give away one of your books. Which one do you want to give away? This Let's week? give away 30 days of incredible prayer. It's a 30-day devotional. And those pull it down, who pull are it down a little bit can more. kind of see it. Yeah. Your life with God, 30 days of incredible prayer. Okay. Got a blurry screen here today. Are they all called Your Life with God? And then there's a subtitle? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your Life with God, 30 Days of Incredible Prayer. Wow. I want to win. You will you will be entered into the giveaway if you leave a comment on Instagram or um, Facebook or on my uh, blog where you'll find this podcast. John, this has been incredible. What an encouragement you are to me and uh, are to my audience today. So thank you so much. Is there anything I didn't let you say that you want to end Thanks, with? Thanks, Sue. Oh, I appreciate that. And uh, check out the podcast, Fresh Faith in Real Life. And um, uh, I've got some guests on there that uh, might be of interest to people, people who are, are living fresh faith. Uh, I really believe that we can teach all these principles and you could get so full of principles being taught but how does this really play out in somebody's life? And so I invite people to come in and, and share from their perspective how they are 
their intimacy with Christ is playing out. Well, I want to be on your podcast. We'll talk about that later. Okay, sign, I'll sign you up. Okay, thank you so much, John. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.